Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. What an awesome way to introduce our preacher for this morning. Another awesome young man of God. So will you join me in welcoming Caleb Anakin Nieves. My name is Caleb, but everyone calls me Anakin. Today I want to talk about fear, but first I want to tell you a story. The other night I went to my Titi Crazy's house. Some of you may know her as Veronica. I walked into her house with the lights off. I walked towards her room door until I stopped at a glass picture thing. She came out of her room and she got scared and screamed so loud that I got scared too. I think it was because of my mohawk. The scripture I want to use today is Psalm 23, but it might get a little boring if I just read it. So me and my mom found this video and we thought it would be a cool way to hear this scripture. Hit the video, Cal. Okay. The Lord is my shepherd. I'm looking at the camera while I'm doing the Bible. Okay, good. Why are you looking at the camera? Oh, okay. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in one. He makes me lay down in green matches. Surely goodness and love. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Some of us are afraid of the dark or sharks or snakes. And some of us are afraid of doing things. I used to be afraid of swimming. Last summer, we went to the pool, and I wanted to get on the slide. And I did, and I almost drowned because I didn't know how to swim. Since that happened, I've been afraid to swim in deep water. So last week, me and my family went to a cruise, and 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 the pool was really deep. My mom got in the pool with me, and started teaching me how to swim and I learned my sister Sammy 
learned how to swim too. Sort of. Watch this. Hit the video, Kel. The next day after I learned, we went snorkeling in Mexico. We had to get on this other smaller boat that took us to the middle of the ocean. My mom said we were going to get off the boat and see the fish in the sea. I got so scared, but she told me that I know how to swim now so I don't have to be afraid. So I got in the water and it was awesome. Look at the pictures. If I would have stayed afraid of swimming, and if I didn't try my best to learn, then I wouldn't have been able to do all this fun stuff. God doesn't want us to feel afraid. Fear stops us from doing stuff that we should do or that God wants us to do. Like it says in Psalms 23, 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. God promised us that he will, will always be with us, so we don't have to be afraid of stuff. Already they're taking bets to, that whether or not I'm going to fall into the pool back here. Right? I, if you see me moving that way, start to wave, okay? Um, we have one more announcement for tonight. That not only are we going to be having the baptisms, but we're also going to have an ordination service. And, and we're going to be ordaining... Mark and Melissa Sims. And we're going to be ordaining Louie as our youth pastor. So we want to make sure everyone's there to support them tonight, because that's a big step. So I'm going to be continuing in the series that Pastor George has been um, speaking from the book of John. So if you could turn in your Bible to John chapter 13. It says, Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. That's my favorite topic to preach on. I don't, I don't think I ever speak without talking about the love of God. And what does it say? That Jesus loved the disciples from the beginning, every day that he had them. And he said, and he loved them to the end. How many of you here are a disciple of Jesus? 
which means you got God living in you. You got the Spirit of God in you. Then God not only loves you, but He promises to love you to the very end. Now, Pastor George always starts off with, with a quote. So I, I'm going to start off with a quote that's just going to give you warm fuzzies today. I, I searched through the Bible. For, and then I went online and I said, I, I want to find a quote that's just going to make everybody feel good today. So this quote is actually from Ted Turner who was the founder of CNN on TV, the TV station, and TNT, and TBS. And here's this quote. Christianity is a religion for losers and a crutch for weak-minded people. There's my affirming quote for today, because I don't know about anyone else, but without the love of God, I'm nothing but a loser. Without God, I'm nothing. There's absolutely nothing good in me. There's nothing I can accomplish except for the love of God. I'll admit that he's right. Christianity is for losers. But you know what God does? He takes the losers. He takes those who made a wreck out of their life. And he turns you into a winner. He turns you into someone. There's no defeat in you. And he says Christianity's a crutch for weak-minded people. See, without God, I'm weak. If you think I'm this strong Christian that wakes up every day and I'm ready to go and I'm filled with fire, you know what the Bible says? That we're totally weak. But see, I love my weakness. The Bible says, thank God for your weakness. Because in your weakness, God's strength is made perfect. So if you're feeling weak today, you feel like nothing, you feel like you don't belong here, you're ready to walk out the door because you can't live the life, you came to the right place. Because God is much more than a crutch. God is everything in my life. He should be the first thing you think about when you wake up and the last thing before you go to bed. See, that's the love of God. And that's why Jesus said, I'll love you to the end. And his love is unconditional, which means there's nothing that you can do to, to shake him off. There's nothing you could do to get Jesus to stop loving you. See, see, that's the love of God. But see, it goes on from there. So I'm going to go down to verse 2. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything, and that he had come from God and would return from God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, 
Do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. See, I talk a lot about the love of God, and we, we need to receive from God. We need to come into his presence, because we're, we're lovers of Jesus. But Jesus now took it to the next level. If he's, what he's saying is that if you're a Christian, if, if you say that you're a child of God, it's not just enough to say, I love God, God loves me. But he said, if you're my disciple, if you claim to be a Christian, then you need to serve each other. You need to love each other. It's not, it's not just about loving God, but it's, it's about receiving his love and pouring it out to those around you. Because Jesus gave us an example of what that love looks like. It's not just about words. It's easy to use words. Oh, I love you. Oh, everybody loves each other. But he gave an example. He put a, a towel around his waist, which, which represents servanthood back in those days. And he went to the disciples, and he washed their dirty feet. He got down on the ground like a servant, like a nothing, like a nobody. And he began to wash the dirt off of their feet. And he says, I gave you an example of what love is. This is how you love. It's not just about emotion. It's about a commitment to each other. It's about the body of Christ rising up and, and being committed to serve not only God, but to serving each other. See, when I became a Christian, I, I, the image that I had in my mind totally went. Because before I was saved, I had a picture of a Christian as somebody who helps people, as someone willing to lay down their life as someone who helps the poor. And then when I got saved, I started putting on all these Christian radio and buying Christian books. And every single book talks about how can I be blessed? How can I prosper? How can I be made rich? See, that's the spirit of this age. And I believe God does want you to prosper. I believe he wants you to be with and not without. He wants you to live in the abundance of the overflow. But that's not the heart. The very heart of Christianity is not how can I be blessed. But Jesus gave the example. How can I bless you, my sister or brother? Jesus said that we need even to love our enemies. But we haven't even yet been able to love those who sit next to us in the body of Christ. We haven't been able to love our family members. So usually I, I don't read as many scriptures. I like to paraphrase. But 
God is speaking direct, speaks very directly on this issue in the Word. So I'm just going to read a few scriptures. The Bible says, Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Pray for each other. Bear one another's burdens. Be tolerant of one another. And forgive each other if anyone has a complaint against another. 1 Peter chapter 4 says, Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. See, that's Christianity. Not just about, not just about God. It's not just saying, yeah, I serve God, I'm a child of God, and I go about my life. And I know that we can't touch everyone. We can't, we can't help everyone. But God will put people in your path. God will show you people. And sometimes it's not enough when someone in the... Your brother, I'm not talking about right now a stranger on the street. That's for another sermon. I'm talking about a brother or sister in Christ comes to you and says, I'm wounded, I'm hurting. And sometimes it's not just enough and say, well, I'll pray with you during the week. Go home and be blessed. Sometimes, sometimes you got to sacrifice Sometimes you got to say, well, I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to fast with you. I'm going to do whatever it takes because I'm believing God for the victory in your life. You see, this is the total opposite of, of American capitalist values. In our society, it's always about me. What can, how can I build my kingdom? How can I be blessed? And the church has bought into that. Jesus said it's better to give than to receive. There's a chapter in the Bible that's actually called the love chapter. 1 Corinthians 13. And I'm, I'm going to read it. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. What does that mean? It means I could stand here and preach. I could come and I could worship. I can dance. And people could say that's beautiful. But if the reason I'm doing it is not to bless you, if my heart isn't filled with love and compassion for you, then that's just noise. What I'm doing now is just a bunch of noise if I'm not doing it because I love you and I want to see you grow. Sometimes I'll go to a church and speak, and it'll be very, a very small church, and someone will tell me, well, that's just a stepping stone. That is not a stepping stone. Those are precious people. People are not stepping stones. A way to get up higher, whether in the church, in your job, or any, in your family. God's people are precious. And all your beautiful words, your poetry, your singing, your rap, whatever it is, if you're not doing it out of a heart of love, you're just, you're just a noisemaker. 
If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have a faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. See, I can know every scripture in the Bible. I, I could say, oh, here's what the dust saith the Lord. And I could tell you how much I know. I know every argument. I, 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 you start a scripture and I'll finish it. I could tell you where every scripture is. And if I don't love you, then I'm nothing. All my knowledge is for nothing. All that study, all, that, all, all the hours of trying to figure things out in the Word. If, my, if I don't have a heart full of the love of God, to pour out to you. I'm nobody. I'm nothing. I'm not impressed anymore. You know, back in the day, I used to be impressed when somebody would walk in the church with a nice suit and a big Bible and start quoting scriptures and they know everything and they know all the doctrine. I'm not impressed anymore. I, I'd rather see someone, they, they might not know all the word, but they live the word. They just live to serve. They, they live to pour out. They, a heart filled with compassion. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. See, you have all these TV shows and books and radio shows telling you, all you got to do is give. You just need to take that seed, plant that seed, and God, God you're going to move heaven. He's going to be so touched. God doesn't look at the amount of money you give. He looks at your heart. Jesus said, you look at that woman who just put two cents in. She did it with a heart of love. She went into the offering, put in two cents, and she gave all she had. She did it out of a heart of love of God and the people of God. He said, you see those rich people over there, all the hundreds and thousands they put in, they wasted their money. They did it to be seen by men. He said, then I'm nothing. This, this, this is Christianity 101. The American church has messed it up. I, I go to other countries where there's, where there's poverty. And people, uh, people live to lift each other up. If they have clothes, they'll share. If they have, if they have two shirts, they'll share the one. They'll do whatever it takes to help their brothers and sisters. You know that there are, there are countries where people are willing to go to jail for their brothers and sisters in Christ. They're willing to do whatever it takes. There's no sacrifice too big. But here in America, it's the give me, give me, God, give me more, 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 bigger house, bigger car. I want more. Forget about everyone else. Again, I'm not talking about God's heart to bless you. I hope you all are rich, wealthy, and everything else. But the, it says in Timothy that many seeking to get rich have fallen into a trap. And their, their faith has become shipwrecked. 
I'm talking about the, the very motivation of your heart. What, you, what burns in your heart? Is God what burns in your heart? The love of God. He went to these disciples. These were all nobodies. He pulled them out of... They, these were fishermen, tax collectors, farmers. The people that the world considered nothing. especially, And they were not learned. They didn't go to Bible school. They were considered by the religious community the refuse of the world. And Jesus came and he loved them. He raised them up. And he says, I loved you to the end. And God wants you to take that love, that same fire and passion for people, and begin to run with it. And those who God gives you. I know you can't fully love every single person. But what about that one? What about that one child that God puts into your heart and mind? What about that one family? See, the word love has become cheapened. We love everything. We say we love God. We love, we love tomatoes. We love Nintendo. We love everything. See, in the original Bible language, they had different words. When you, and the word for love, for brotherly love, or loving other Christians was called phileo. And that's where, we, in the city of Philadelphia, that's, that's what it's named after. That's why it's called the city of brotherly love. See, there's a, there's a special love. Jesus said to, to love others as, as you love yourself. The same way you care about yourself. The same desire for you to get your own needs met, to find happiness. God says, love each other with that same love, with that, with that same compassion. Now, I'm going to, for a second, qualify what I'm saying. Because some people might not understand what love is. Love is not always this mushy, gushy thing. Sometimes love has to be tough. And this is for some of you here right now. The Lord told me to tell you this. There's some of you, I want you to know, that sometimes love is leaving your son in prison. Sometimes love is not rescuing everybody. And sometimes love is setting boundaries. Because the word says, love each other as you love yourself. So you need to love yourself also. Which means it's okay to put boundaries. It's okay to walk away when someone starts cursing at you. It's okay to hang up the phone and say, I'm not going to allow you to talk to me that way. That's also love. So I'm not talking about some, some mushy thing that's all emotions and you do whatever you want and I'll keep giving you money. You could go drink on the side and I'll finance you because I love you. Sometimes love is tough. Sometimes you have to draw boundaries. 
But we need to love. The Bible gives us a picture. It's your own body. Do you know that the the whole church together is called the body of Christ? And I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians 12, verses 25 and 26. It says, The way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Every part dependent on every other part. The parts we mention and the parts we don't. The parts we see and the parts we don't. If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. If one part flourishes, every other part enters into the exuberance. In other words, if there's someone else in this church that hurts, I'm called to hurt with you. I'm called to weep with you. If someone here has success, I'm called to rejoice with you. Not say, why do you always have to be the one to get blessed? So much jealousy in the body of Christ. Somebody else gets promoted. Somebody somebody else gets placed into ministry. Somebody else gets a position. And instead of rejoicing and saying, praise God, inwardly we burn with anger. See, we're we're called to love each other, which means that I'm, I'm happy when you're blessed. That's right. One of my favorite things that ever happened in the church was the day when Pastor George came up here as a pastor. And he began to just bless the people and say, I, I, I just release you to preach greatest sermon. Wait, can you come up and do that now? I love that. I tell people all over the world about that. I, I want to give you an example, a living example of what true love is. Amen, amen. I got to, you know, make sure, make sure. All right, let's just bow our heads for a minute. Let's bow our heads for a minute. Just as as the pastor of this church, I just want to stand here before you again and just say, I just release you to try things and fail. I release you to try things and succeed. I release you to try things and do things better than they've ever been done. I release you to preach better messages than we can ever preach here, to sing better songs than the worship pastor could ever sing here, to write better songs than we've ever had, to play better instruments, to to have bigger and more successful ministries than than this one, to have to have ministries that that reach more people than this one, to do things that, that, that go even deeper and farther and wider than anything that we can ever do. I release you to start where I leave off, not start back where I started, but start where I leave off and go further and further and further in Jesus' name. Be released in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you know that in all my 20 years, I've never heard that from a pastor or a leader? All I've heard is, that's dangerous. Oh, this person's getting too popular. we got to watch them. 
See, that's not Christianity because that's not love. Love is, I, I rejoice when people love you more than they love me. When, when, you, when you can speak to bigger places, if you can go to more nations, if you can get more financial supporters, I'm blessed by that. And, and when you cry, I cry. When you mourn, then we mourn. It's one body. You know what that means? There's got to be in the church. There's got to be, when we say one body, we're not talking just about unity. We're talking about oneness. One mind, one heart. Jesus said, this is how we know what love is. Actually, Jesus didn't say it. John said it. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. And I'm going to ask if they could start um, serving the communion. Love is not just a word, it's not just a feeling, but the Bible says love is action. It's how I treat you. It's how I speak to you. So what we're going to we're going to do now is we're going to um have communion. We're going to begin to serve it. And actually as I come, this is what the Lord showed me. I want everyone to be right now seated with your family. So the young people, if you're not if you're not with your family right now, we want you to go back. If if your family's in the sound booth, go back to the sound booth. If you're if you're here with a good friend, or if you're here with another family, then then you be a family. Now there are some of you who are alone. And I'm going to ask Louie and Veronica to come up. No, you don't have to say anything. If, if you're here alone and you don't know anyone here, we invite you to come right here and stand, stand with Louie right here. His wife is going to join him. Because, because we don't want anyone alone. If you're a young person, you're single, and, and you came today by yourself, we just want to invite you to come because the Bible says that God places you in a family. So come right over here. We don't want anyone alone today. Anyone else, any young people, children, you're alone today. I, I want you to come up and stand here or, or find a, or if you, again, if you came with a family. Uh, we're we're going to begin to serve communion now.
You see, God gave two ordinances to the church, baptism and communion. And tonight we're going to have the baptism, but the other one is communion. Because communion is not only about remembering Jesus, even though that's primarily, it's about remembering the sacrifice of Jesus. But in 1 Corinthians 11, Jesus said that communion is also about loving each other. He said we need to discern the body. So we're taking communion today not only as an act of loving God and remembering all his love and all he's done, but we're going to take communion today as a commitment to each other. You see, love doesn't start in church. I've been talking about you need to love each other in the body of Christ. There's something deeper. You need, you need to love each other in the home. I hear the way husbands and wives speak to each other. I hear the way children speak to their parents and parents speak to their children. I've seen many people all the way to church, they're arguing and fighting and angry and then walk through the door smiling and saying, God bless you. We, we need to start with the family. So th before we take communion, and Sal spoke about this two weeks ago. Sal gave a call two weeks ago, and he said that, that if you have something against someone else in the church, or you need to reconcile something, go to that person. Well, I'm not going that far. I'm going to say if, if you're here today with a family member, with a parent, with a husband, a wife, a child, and, and, and there's any way that you need to apologize, if there's any way where you need to say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry the way I treated you, I'm sorry for the way I spoke to you, before we take communion, I'm going to give you that opportunity right now. Just go, just the person, it's someone who you might be sitting with right now. And maybe you need to say, I'm sorry that nothing's ever good enough. Whatever it is, in whatever way you need to be reconciled with that person before we take communion. going to ask you to do one more thing. I, I want each of you to say this to every member of your family. I want you to make this commitment and say, I won't harm you with the words of my mouth. I want you to say that to everyone who's here with you today. 
I won't harm you with the words of my mouth. I want husbands to say to wives and wives to say to husbands. I won't wound you. The commitment's got to start in the home. You can't say you love your wife and then abuse her. And if there's any wives here today and you're being physically abused, you come and see me after church. We're going to do something about it. Because we love you enough. If any children here being physically, anyone being sexually abused, you come and see us. We're going to stand with you. We're going to love you. We'll go to the end for you. Because that's what Jesus told us to do. We'll get down and serve you. You know what the word minister means? It means servant. A minister doesn't mean someone who's too important to carry their own Bible. A minister is someone to say, I see the need in your life, and I'll do whatever I can to meet it. It doesn't mean that I'm going to make you dependent on me. It doesn't mean I'm going to let you take advantage of me, because that happens in church too. People walk in thinking the church is going to meet every need, going to take care of of everything you lack. See, that's God's job. But there's ways that we can carry each other's burdens to help you get to the next step. Those things that are weighing, they're too heavy for you to carry. You've got people in this church and you say, I'm hurting. I can't, I can't do this on my own. And there are people here committed to help you to carry that load to the next step. Before we take communion, I'm going to ask Melissa to come. And I'm going to ask for everyone to stand. And she's going to sing this song over you. Here we are at the start, committing to each other. By his word and from our hearts We will be a family In a house that will be a home And with grace we'll build it strong We'll build a household of faith That together we can make And when the strong winds blow It won't fall As one in him will grow, and the whole world will know, we are a household of faith. Now to be a family, we've got to love each other at any cost, unselfishly. And our home must be a place that fully abounds with grace, a reflection of His face.
We'll build a household of faith that together we can make. And when the strong winds blow, it won't fall down. As one in Him will grow, and the whole world will know we are a household of faith. So we're, we're going to take communion right now in remembrance of Jesus. You see, the bread or the matzah represents the broken body of Jesus. If you look on it, I, I want you to look at it. You see the stripes on it. You see the lines. That symbolizes the stripes, the, the whipping that Jesus took because he loves you so much. If you see the holes where it's pierced, it represents the holes in Jesus' hands and feet. He, he, that, see, that was his love for you. That was his sacrificial love. He gave everything that he had. So I'm, I'm going to ask Manny if you could just pray over the broken body of Jesus. Lord, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your body, Lord Jesus. We thank you for everything that you've endured for us, Lord God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that we can be forgiven today, Lord Jesus, because of your sacrifice. So, Lord, we partake of this today in remembrance of what you have done and making us holy with you, Lord God. In your name we pray. You see, this is, this is more than just the body of Jesus. But this body represents unity. It represents all of you joined together as one body. And as you eat of this today, I, I want you to make a commitment to God that you're going to love his body. Not just that you say, I love God. But I, I love those that God has placed around me. Even those who seem unlovable. Those who seem difficult. Those who are different than me, different races, different cultures. As you take this, I want you to determine in your heart that you're going to love not only Jesus, but you're going to love his body here on earth. So let's partake in Jesus' name. See, this cup of grape juice represents the blood of Jesus. It represents his supreme sacrifice. And because of his blood, we can have forgiveness. We can have healing. And I'm going to go all the way down to the end of John 13. John 13, 34. Jesus said, a new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. The, Jesus didn't say people will know that you're, that you're a Christian because you have a big building. 
or you carry a big Bible, or because you know a lot about the Scriptures, or because you sing beautiful songs, or you preach great sermons. That's not what he said. He said, people will know that you're a Christian, that, that people will come through this door and know that this is a true church, not because we have good preaching and singing, and rap and, every, and, and rock and everything else. People will know that this is a true place of God by when they see the love that you have for one another. That people from different nationalities and races and cultures fully accept and love each other. When the world looks at the body of Christ, all they see is division. Well, they have the Baptists, the Pentecostals, the Lutherans, and we don't talk to each other. We can't fellowship with you. We can't agree with you. And the world is laughing. The world is mocking. Oh, here's the black church. Here's the Spanish church. Here's the white church. No different than the world. People will know that this is the true church. When they see every race, every nationality, every culture, every tongue, Every denomination joined together as one, one heart, with one God, one spirit, one baptism. That's what Jesus died for. He didn't, that's what he shed his blood for. To raise up a true bride of Christ, perfect in love, not only towards him, but towards each other. So Jesus, we thank you for your blood, Lord God. And we commit today, Lord God, before you, Lord. That, that we are willing to serve one another, Lord God, to love one another, Lord. And we bless you in Jesus' name. We thank you for your blood. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, originally, I, I was going to end with um, praying for people, but the Lord gave me a different picture. So I'm going to ask Melissa to come back. And I'm going to ask her to sing this song again. And I just want all through here, I, I want to see people just joining hands together. All through the church as one. We, we want to make this real today. I'm not interested in another sermon. So all through the church, I'm just going to ask you to join hands. Even across the aisles, if you got to move, if you got to do something. There's nobody alone in this church. There's nobody abandoned this, in this church. Maybe your husband, your wife, your boyfriend abandoned you. Maybe your parents abandoned you. But you are received, accepted, and loved, and welcome here in the family of God. So I'm going to ask Melissa just, just to release this song, and then the worship team will come back worship. Start committing to each other by his word and from our hearts. We will be a family in a house that will be a home and with grace we'll build it strong. We'll build a house Hold a faith 
that together we can make. And when strong winds blow, it won't fall down. As one in Him will grow, and the whole world will know we are a household of faith. Now to be a family. We've got to love each other at any cost, unselfishly. And our home must be a place that fully abounds with grace, a reflection of His face. We'll build a household of faith that together we can. And when the strong winds blow, it won't fall down. As one in Him will grow, and the whole world will know, we are a household of Father, we just thank you today, Lord God. We say, Lord God, before you and before each other, that we are one in spirit, Lord God, one in heart, one in mind, Lord God, and that we will serve each other, O oh God, just as you served us. Father, I thank you for the love that you've placed in our hearts, and I just release new compassion in each one, O oh God, new love, O oh God. And I thank you that not one person here is alone, Lord God. Not one is abandoned, Lord God. There's not one here who is forsaken, Lord God. But I thank you that you've created, made this church into a family, God. In Jesus' name, let's just close by worshiping the Lord. Thank you for supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. 
We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.centuaryfellowship.org. God bless.